welcome back to Under the Table, episode 15. Woo! We're a quarter, we're quarter of an hour away in here. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting way. <laughs> it took 15 episodes to go through a bank and to go through a fucking scrapyard. I thought, I thought you were going to say we're a quarter of the way through this thing. It's like, are we? I was like, oh no. Are we that far? <laughs> we got to slow down. It feels like we've done very little. Right. Just a quarter Maybe past Alkenstar. Yep. Through book one, sure. Yeah, definitely. This is going to be kind of a slow down episode, right? You guys leveled up. We finished the first job as it were and uh all that kind of stuff so i want to take a moment at the at the top of this just to check in with you guys about how you're feeling about this adventure so far and uh your characters and pathfinder 2e and just kind of the whole vibe like let's do a vibe check guys vibe let's do a quick check vibe all right. check vibe check John, your face is telling me that you are wanting to talk about this the most. (laughs) Oh, man, totally. Yeah, you know what? You know what? When when the occasion strikes, I will. So, uh, yeah, as far as vibe check uh, for Osaze, um, things have been moving at a fairly fast pace um, until we encountered this this scrapyard. So he's had a, a, a very small amount of time to reflect, but... You can't I'm reflect pause you right to- there, just because I I don't necessarily want to get into your character thoughts now because like we'll get into that here shortly. I'm talking about what is John feeling about Asaze? What's John feeling about the adventure? What's John feeling about Two E? This is we're in banter mode. We're not oh, in. Oh, we're okay. not in. In. We're not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not checking in with your characters' headspaces right mm-hmm. now. We got time for that later. I'm checking in with my players' headspaces. Right oh, here. okay, okay, all right, okay. Uh- Okay, uh, I'm gonna. Uh, John John stopped as if I was gonna edit any of that out, and I appreciate you giving me the silence. But that's all gonna well, remain. Oh, that's all gonna remain. Oh, yeah, okay. gonna that's, be there. that's cool. Okay, um, real fucking cool. This real is what I really like when you edit sometimes, Adam. Adam has a real fucking habit of like just keeping some stupid shit in. I mean, and, uh, to be fair, I really am uh, somebody that's against it. But You're funny, uh, whatever. Anyway, um, hey, this so, is the fifteen-minute episode. We're not doing any editing. We're just posting. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, so yeah, yeah. My vibe is is that yeah, we we've only fucking done a a bank and a, a scrapyard. Um, so. It went from chaotic to like, okay, well, we're, we're now sleeping in a fucking scrapyard um, for a couple of days. Uh, and we had some really harrowing experiences. I mean, the ooze should have killed us, but, you know, you, you, you just had some sucky rolls on that. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, like, I'm excited to see where we go now that we're no longer, like, in immediate danger. You see what I'm saying? Because, I mean, like, we've successfully put that in quotes, that we have successfully, like, robbed the bank and uh, escaped, you know? But how long? It hasn't been 24 hour, hours. or No, no, no. It has been. It's It's been how long? How long has it been since, since, since the, uh, the bank? Right. Since Well, since you went to the bank, it's been... Hold on. I've been tracking this on the calendar, guys. That's why oh, I asked. Oh, That's exactly why I asked. Because I always X out of that calendar. 
Now I can't. Yeah, I X'd out of it too. And I can't find it. <laughs> okay, well, regardless, regardless, it's multiple days. Okay, it's been like three days. I yeah, believe. yeah, yeah. So, <sighs> um, I am curious to see just how bad this is going to go because I want to see like what the repercussions are going to be upcoming. You know, like I imagine the shield marshals are going to start shaking down all the all the poor folk some more because this happened, you know, and that's not going to be cool with any of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just curious about the repercussions. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll find that out. I guess. How are you feeling about Ranger? Ranger? Ranger's all right. Um, Ranger's cool. I've had to change my headspace from, you know, being a frontliner to DPS. Uh, that means, you know, being a lot more mobile. Um, and, uh, strategizing my approach and when to leave, you know, know when to hold them and know when to fold them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, all right, Dustin, what about you? This is, uh, I'm going to add a question on to you Mm -hmm. because this is, this is, this is much more new for you. How is it? How are you adjusting to podcasting a game that you play being out there and, and, and having people listen? Um, I'm afraid constantly. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm currently afraid, actually. I'm, I'm a ball full of nerves. Um, no, not really. But, uh, I, I mean, there is that little bit of nervous energy before we record and everything. And it's a lot different than just playing. Like, you know, we've been playing since 2018 or so or 17. And, uh, you do have to embody, um, that performing headspace, you know, um, and kind of prepare and bring it. Uh, so I'm overall positive and looking forward to the future. Um, I'm very happy the tutorial's over. We're level two mm-hmm. and, uh, you won't be taking it easy on us anymore, which is, I'm very excited about, you know, I want, uh, fear and destruction and being one step close, one step toward disaster at any, at any moment. That's that's wonderful. One step closer to the edge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't do that. Do you have backup characters ready? I mean, you know. Uh, I got plenty, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. um, I should have stayed there. I'm jiving, man. Yeah, for what it's worth, I think you're sliding right in to the network. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Yeah, see? Yeah. see? Case, in, Case point. in point. Case in point. Yeah. You're yeah. slipping yourself on in there. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of entendre, Emily, how are you enjoying this so far? Um, I am actually really enjoying this. This is so I've never played proper Pathfinder, like Pathfinder one, really. Uh so I was a little nervous getting into 2E. It's a very different system from from the first one. But just in general, I know there's a lot going on in this game. So I was really nervous coming into it. Uh, I'm still a little nervous because there's a lot more to learn. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this is so much more deadly than a lot of the games that I've played. So I'm trying to be a little less precious with my character. But God dang it, I love Jules. Uh, (laughs) So it's hard. (laughs) Never would have guessed from the cosplay. You know, never. Um, but overall, I am really enjoying this. I, I'll i have to say this one more time. Shout out to Foundry. Because 
the setup for this makes it a lot easier for me to kind of not worry so much about like my character sheet su stuff and like be actually able to focus more on the game. Uh, so I really appreciate that. Overall, I'm feeling good. I'm very nervous because we're taking off the, the training wheels now and uh, the GM's going to be mean to us. You don't always have to be mean. Well, just so, so uh, to be clear, <laughs> I'm not like taking off the training wheels and putting on boxing gloves. I'm just not going to give hints anymore. Fair enough. You know, like that, that's Fair all, enough. that's all. You know, like you guys have had 15 episodes to learn the basics of your character. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake and you're going to have to eat it, you know, and uh, that's just how that's going to go. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. But I'm not going to like crank up the difficulty of all the enemies or anything like that. Gotcha. You know? um, and I'm sure I'll make mistakes too, because, you know, um, it's a lot going and we'll on. We'll learn together. And that's the beauty of yeah, this game. Totally. Uh, but yeah, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm feeling good. A little nervous, especially with um, some new things that are being introduced. Uh, but I think it's going to be fine. And we're going to, we're going to work through this together. And uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. What about you, Heath? Uh, I'm good, dude. I'm vibing. Uh, I like 2E. I like not being level one anymore. Um, as far as Adam, you know, he's trying to express like, he's not, as he said, he's not going to put on boxing gloves. Like, I'm not really worried about Adam like ratcheting up and being like just overly antagonistic to the party because the system's already hard enough. You know, like Adam's always been a run it by the numbers guy. You know, um, and having a little bit of experience now GMing 2E, like that's one thing I like about it is like the system's so hard. It's like, oh, I don't have to worry about like the soft GM thing. Like I'm nice all the time because like the party needs it because this game is difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult. Um, and you are often one step closer to the edge. I'm about <laughs> But yeah, um, I mean, I, I like to be, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm not really nervous, I guess. Uh, feel good. Uh, Bard's cool. It's an interesting split, uh, space to kind of play around in. That's not my traditional space, but it's fun to help you guys out. Quick question, Heath. Are you feeling yep. better about Bard now? Because I know initially you had some, I don't know, I don't want to say concerns, but like, eh, about uh, it? A bias against it yeah. is what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I definitely feel better. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I like it more than I did. Um, I, it's still not like maybe my favorite class in the world, mm -hmm. but, um, I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't have a lot of the antagonism towards Bard that I did, though it is a little difficult to like not be good at doing combat, you know? To be fair. You kind of have been. <laughs> well, I've been stealing you guys' kills, but that, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. That's not going to last. Oh. Um, but, you know, I just get in there and get a hit where I can. But uh, I like all the buffing and stuff. That's, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've always liked the mechanics of, of buffing. And when we played our um, game, you know, to kind of get ready for this one um in abomination vaults like i played a, a healer buffer and i was like oh this in 2e particularly this role is really fun mm -hmm. and super necessary That's cool <laughs> yeah you very much <laughs> definitely has helped save the day uh i'll say for my part i i think i've talked to a few of you about this if not all of you but like 
I wasn't particularly in love with the first part of this book. Um, you know, like I think the bank heist is, I think you guys had more fun with it than I thought you were going to, you know, and the whaling scrapyard while full of fun and interesting encounters isn't really, there isn't really any story there, you know, it's not super Um, juicy. Yeah. And so like that being said, I think, I think it turned out better than I anticipated it to. Um, but I'm excited because this is where the actual adventure starts. kind of starts to show show itself, you know? We, we finished the prologue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the tutorial, really. It, that, and that's why I didn't like it is because it feels, it feels very first level. Here's how, you know, here's some XP. Here's some grind to... We just have to have this so that you can level up, you know? Um, that's just my personal take on it, but whatever, you know. It's I, your it's your World of Warcraft, like, kill five wolves and then kill yeah. five eagles quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, speaking of getting the adventure, let's get into the adventure. And, let's do it. Uh, yeah, so where we last left you all was in the sewers, and you had just overheard that Angelique Love had burned down the poison and the cure which was Amir's shop in the corner of the southern corner of the Ferris Quarter and so let's just jump in there and get some reactions to this news gasp 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 I'm sorry everybody reset your hero points to one Whee! it's a uh, it's episode 15, so... Nice. nice. All right. All right, so we're, like, still in the sewers right now. We just heard that. Correct. You just like heard She just that. walked yes. off, basically, yeah. Yeah, yep. We could have killed her, just saying. <laughs> I doubt that very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we could have ended the adventure very quickly. You, you, you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Amir, at that moment, instead of being extremely, like, distraught and upset, he's bewildered. Because, like, they've already taken it from him. Why burn it down? You know, right. it's a building. Like you think it's, they'd, like, <laughs> repurpose it and use it, you know? And it's just like, um... It sounds like Loveless is just throwing salt in the wounds. That doesn't make any sense. Why would they burn it down? Because oh my they word, have the just, power to. You have a point. Just out of spite. No, no, no. Got it. I, at least I didn't own the place. I mean, the landlord is going to be very angry. It was a rent. What's your goods insured? Jules looks over at George and kind of like, she's got like a real kind of look of concern and then looks back at Amir and uh, she says, I'm not doing it out of spite. They're trying to flush us out. If they get rid of all of our hidey holes, there's nowhere else for us to go. I don't know about you guys, but I need to check on some people. And like Jules is like fucking ready to go now. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely uh, the case as far as I'm concerned. They just want to keep us to where we have to move and never have a comfortable place to settle down, make it easier to find us. Yeah, all, all we got to do is slip up one time. Well, hopefully, um, we can be cautious in our next steps. Uh, I hope they're not casing the joint because 
I might need some help retrieving some items from the poison in the cure. Yeah. Uh, same, same here. I need to pick up a few things from a couple of places and check on a couple of people. So I think mm -hmm. we all work together to kind of keep an eye on each other's back and make sure nobody uh, catches wind of us, yeah? Sounds good to me. And as he's talking, he has his dagger in his hand, and you can see him, like, shaving his beard with his dagger. In the... Like, just like... In the sewer. Just like getting it. God, yep, don't gut yourself. <laughs> Best case scenario, that's tetanus. It's gonna get infected. It's gonna yeah. get infected. I have practiced hands. Oh, this is it. This eye dies. <laughs> this is it. Bring in that other guys. I don't even have to take off the kid gloves. You're just doing it to yourself. Do it. <laughs> Jules would kind of like take a deep breath and uh, like, all right, before we start scattering to the wind and, and you know, hitting all the other places, we got to take care of, you know, situation number one and kind of gestures to the, the bag full of uh, goodies. We got to go see Phoebe. Yeah, y'all ready? That's yeah. right. That's still, I, mean, I still got yes. this freaking chest from the the bank in the bag <laughs> in the bag yeah yeah although uh, i'm i'm hesitant to to join you um i feel like you you should uh you should lead and i should follow i i am the one that is they know it's me they know i am traveling with three compatriots um any any way for us to um lessen the suspicion I think is very um, logical. I think that's a good Makes sense. That's that's, that's definitely a good call. Um, you if from I'm sorry, just some clarification on your map. You would know that this would lead you to an underground entrance into the bullet and barrel, so you will not have to go out into the street to get to the uh, I'm sorry the barrel and bullet. Like this is gonna lead to like a, a gotcha. hatch. In, mm. in the bottom so like the, you're at least safe to get from here to the barrel and bullet now what you guys do from there I, I don't know but I just wanted to clarify that the, the sewer tunnels lead you towards a kind of secret so that, basement entrance that's curious because like Loveless was in the in the sewer no like, she was up on the street and you oh, heard okay. through a storm drain okay that's that's what I was confused about I was like so is she like aware of this entrance no okay that would be bad alright what were you going to say John oh no no that you actually solved the conundrum I was going to suggest like a disguise kit but it doesn't matter at that point if yeah it's we, we, we should be good we should be safe to, to get to the barrel and bullet let's let's go ahead and head that way right i will right. i will say just just to throw this out there um just because emir was the only one that they saw from us robbing the bank doesn't mean that we're any less wanted like they we're all wanted you know just maybe not specifically all of us for the bank job so just to bring that back yeah, to his, <laughs> his list just got another thing added to it you know cool beans as you guys are working your way through these tunnels, the the dankness of the sewer, right? The kind of the smell and the and the mold and mildew that's mm. growing up the sides mm. and rust growing up the side. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah growing up the sides of the walls and everything. Um, and it's like, just feels oppressive in a way. And you start weaving your way through this kind of maze of tunnels and little offshoots. And you find like literally a, a barrel with a, like a gun carved into the barrel. And you move that barrel to the side and you see like a little lever, you know, and you assume somebody pulls the lever and a stick, like a ladder, like drops down from the ceiling down to the ground, splashing God knows what up your ankles and shins. Um, And it reveals that there is a hatch above you. Shimmy on up that bitch, yeah. <laughs> but uh, to- yes, yes. Let's all right, all right, George, go right ahead. Go, yep. After you, no, after you. I love you for that. Uh, he. <laughs> yeah. uh, you thought it was just a burn. It was also <laughs> a self burn. <laughs> so you do emerge into the soft glow of the back room where you guys initially spoke with Phoebe where she gave you some the the mission and you know you're not sure how she knew but it seems moments after you arrive she comes through the door as if you know Somehow she knew that you were here. Maybe there's some She's sort of psychic uh, alarm. Probably more yeah. likely some sort of alarm with the, the lever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, with the right. lever. That makes right. sense. Nah, right. she's right. a psychic. Nah, she's <laughs> a psychic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got it all figured out. So you are safe now here back at the barrel and bullet. I always want to call I know, it. Bullet it sounds and barrel, better, but ba- bullet and barrel, but yeah. whatever. Bullet and barrel. barrel. They didn't barrel ask us. And bullet. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and she says, oh, goodness, I, you all smell horrible. Uh, well, your I guess secret entrance is from a sewer. No, you're, you're right. <laughs> I, I understand. Um, one moment, and uh, she kind of pokes her head out and says, all right, all right, follow me real quick. And she kind of leads you guys through to a, a room where you can bathe. Ooh. Right? And get cleaned nice. up. Phoebe's got everything. <laughs> I thought she was going to like snap her fingers and like, all right, casters, get in here. Press the digitation. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys do get cleaned up, get some fresh clothes on, and uh, reconvene in the secret room. And she says, all right, well, tell me how it went. You know, I, I imagine it's somewhat of a success as all four of you are standing here before me now, so spit it out. Yep. Smooth as mud. It is mm. technically a success. You are right. And yeah. I assume we brought out the big chest and yeah. everything. Yeah, well, George, George has has his bag and it's like mm-hmm. in, inside this <laughs> magical, ridiculous bag uh, <laughs> is your ill-gotten gains here. There was a few casualties, though. There were. I mean, I'm looking at four of you right now. Oh, I mean, they like they don't they don't matter. And like Jules would reach over and kind of pat Sase, like don't don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Oh uh, no, I mean, what, did you kill somebody? Because that'd be a problem. Oh, I mean, like robots. We did. 
okay, yeah, no, the robots were oh were part of part of the deal. We had uh, to kill the the bank manager. Oh right, right, right. Well, that's unfortunate, but uh, I guess this is part of the business. Um, as well as a guard. Did we kill a, a guard? Did we kill a guard? Did we kill a guard? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did kill a guard. No, I'm pretty no, sure that no. Asaze like All the guards one, didn't were, he? <laughs> no. Okay. We did Same. kill a few civilians, some um, customers. Oh, was it civilian? <laughs> no, we um, didn't. Yeah, that's right. did, did we? No, we didn't. Yeah, no, they, you did. You did kill did a few. It was yeah. civilians, not, not guards. Yeah, God. Yeah. It was just Is like your hands the, the, soaked in blood so much that you forget Jules, the lives Jules of people sits you killed? And she's like, I don't, I don't even remember any of this. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a while. It's, 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 I was it's, thinking it was like some kind of like you know Pinkertons or like. Well, it kind of was. It was it was customers oh, yeah. of the bank that were loyal to Muglin yep. that wanted to take your head. Right. So it's like, yeah, we, right. we had to was knock off a few of Muglin's people. Yeah. What it was. We so, didn't just go around indiscriminately killing civilians. Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, that that's 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 good. Uh, that's good to hear. The whole time that you guys are telling her what's going on, she's working on the lockbox, mm. trying trying to crack the lock, and. Uh, as you kind of wrap up your tail, uh, she, the, she finally gets the box open and opens it inside it, and there's 250 gold, yeah. uh, or 250 gold piece worth of gold and silver uh, in the box, and she gives each of you 25 gold oh. as part of your cut. Very nice. 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 Much appreciated. Uh, she, she says, oh, y'all, y'all did good. This ought to really put a, uh, put a stick in Muglin's craw. Uh, that's going to slow him down a little bit. I appreciate that. Um, you can keep this bag holding uh, if you'd like, although I kind of need those hats to disguise his back. Well, that, um, we deigned to um, not mention one little aspect of our, uh, of our mission. Um, <clears throat> I-, I was outed. Um, they they know they know that I was part of the uh, of the job. Was well, it was it good. was it Muglin or uh, Loveless herself that Yo. shot the hat? Yeah, or shot yeah. it. Uh, Loveless herself missed my head by a few inches and uh, took the hat with it. As soon as that happened, of course, she knew. She knows my face. Um, so right. use well, that information not... as you will. No, that's uh, well, that's. That's going to cause us some issues here, but not to worry. Uh, we'll chalk up the one hat as missing to the line of duty, and it sounds like you need to keep another one of these hats. At least you do, Amir. So how about I, I make cut you a deal? I'll sell you one for for 10 gold yeah. piece. That's five, that's five off of what they normally cost, you know? Like, um, these don't belong to me, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So... Well, look, you can just hang on to mine. I've got a disguise kit. Yeah, it's but still no, Phoebe. She needs all the hats They're all Phoebe's. Yeah. Are we, she's uh, she's trying, we all need to buy these off of Phoebe? No, no, specifically Amir no. because he, he was, out. was like seen. Yes, I, okay. But, so you need to buy one. That's right. what I'm saying. Okay. You don't have one to give away. Right. Yeah. You know. Um. um I mean... Or you could just try to use the disguise kit, but that she's offering you a deal on 
on the how to disguise. I, I think we need to buy that because right now, like, I don't have a disguise. They're actually kit. thirty gold. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay. I mean, to be fair, that's a really helpful little item. You know, it's pretty handy. So it's a level two yeah. item. Yeah. So. So, knowing that, uh, knowing now that it's worth thirty gold, uh, Emil would be like, yes, 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 yes. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes. It's a deal. It's a deal. All right. This is all right. Well, there you go. Uh, try to hold on to this one. These are. We'll, we'll put a. These str- aren't cheap. We'll put a string on this one. You know, keep <laughs> it around his. Keep it around his neck. All right. Well, do you got any questions for me before I kind of launch into my my next bit? I mean, we haven't been going very long, but we happen to overhear that the poison and cure got burned down. You got any any more information on any other um, flushing out tactics that they might have used while we were indisposed? Well, no, I, I imagine that they still don't know who the rest of you are. And so I think, and nobody's come looking for you here. Okay. So that's good news. Uh, so while they might know who you are, Amir, they, that's very little to go on as far as the overall situation that we have. Would you happen to have anyone um, watching the poison and the, the cure? Any more information? Oh, well, I, no, I, I didn't. Um, unfortunately, I, I wish I had, uh, but by the time I realized that that was your establishment, the damage had already been done. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about it, actually, you know. Mm. Uh, it's okay, I'm sure I it has Rena's insurance. <laughs> yeah, with Buckland? Yeah, totally. No, you ain't gonna see that. <laughs> Renters insurance in Alkenstar? Are you serious? In this economy? The rates are insane. That's, that's a racket. <laughs> she, a uh, change comes over her face, and it, she gets a little bit more steely-eyed. She's like, speaking of uh, knowing some things about you, Mm-hmm. And she swirls the dregs of her whiskey in the glass, downs the drink, and stands. She unholsters her shotgun in one fluid motion, and then sets the firearm on the on the table. Well, now, I suddenly have a lot of dirt on each of you, don't I? <gasps> Armed robbery, obstruction of justice, evading the law. It's quite a rap sheet you've built up. She leans against the her chair, stretches casually. I guess this means I should tell you something about me. I'm not just a saloon owner, for starters. And she removes her holster and sets it on the bar or on the table next to the shotgun. In fact, I work for a very powerful person. Someone you're no doubt familiar with. She puts one hand in her vest, palms something and extends her closed hand. It's a small signet ring that exhibits the distinctive symbol of the Grand Duchy of Alkenstar. Does Grand Duchess Trieta Riccia ring a bell? She would uh, to yeah. all, yeah. all of us? Okay. She's, yeah. all Seems right. like she's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's like the most powerful politician <laughs> in Alkenstar. Alkenstar is a duchy. Yeah. It is ruled by a, by duchess. a duchess. 
quick, quick, yeah. quick point of order here. Could we just like for a hot second? I thought she was fixing to like blackmail us hardcore. Uh, I know, I know. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah, she's yeah. saying yeah. she's like an yeah, we don't agent know. of the Duchess. She's asking the question right there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Does does Grand Duchess Trietta Richia ring a bell? Obviously. What? Yeah. yeah I <laughs> I've so. heard of her. Yeah, I thought so. And Dunsmith at this point can hardly contain her smirks. Uh-huh. She's enthralled by her own theatrics. <laughs> <laughs> what this means is, she sighs, drawing out her words. Since you work for me, you actually work for the Grand Duchess. <laughs> she, she laughs, her cool facade finally cracking, and then slips the ring back into her pocket. What? You surprised? Trust me. It is good to have friends in high places. Besides, now that we're all more formally acquainted, it's about time the real fun began, don't you think? Fun, yeah. Uh, all right. Um. I, I think at that moment, Emir, like, from the beginning, he's, she puts the shotgun on the table and starts her monologue, and, like, I grip my daggers, like, white white knuckle fury and I'm like tensed up and everything and as soon as she like finishes I just like release my dagger you know in a sheath and just slump down mm-hmm. into a chair and just like resigned mm-hmm. to the fact of what's happening and just I put my hand up you know just rubbing the top of my head just 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 sigh um alright so um you 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 work for the duchess why, why, does she have you over for tea? Uh, I mean, like, what? Oh, no, I'm a, a what's called an Alchemstar agent. And uh, I, I work on her behalf to keep a idea on what's going on in the criminal underworld. And so I know you, Jules. <clears throat> and I know you too, George. Amir, I'm not sure how you came into this picture, but you're part of it now. Mm-hmm. That goes for you too, kid. But you're on our team now, if you want to be. It doesn't seem like we have much choice. To say, the alternative is, you know, just right out, you know. Uh, so, yeah, for, uh, I'll fox with the duchy. Why not? Yeah. That being said, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, because we have, we have, we share goals. And that's to take down Muglin and his corrupt shield marshal, Loveless. So, question. If the Grand Duchy is involved, why doesn't she use her influence on the shield marshals or Muglin, the banks? Money rules all, Asase. I, I wish I still had the idealism that you have. That somebody who's good in power can do good. But she just has to use it. I, I don't understand how these politics work. There's lots that goes on outside the walls of Alkenstar that influences Alkenstar. We are smack in the middle of two nations that are uh, a squirrel's hair away from devastating war. Well, okay, I suppose she can't show her hand, so... 
And she is using her power Mm. through me Mm. and then ultimately through you. So what is our next steps? Well, I'll get to that in a moment. You guys are going to have some days to get recuperated, recovered. I'd like to offer you some training if anybody's interested in learning the ways of an Alkenstar agent. And uh, what that translates to is that the Alkenstar agent archetype has opened up to you guys as players. Um, And uh, go ahead. Before we uh, deputize anybody, I got a few questions. So obviously me and the Duchess aren't, uh, you know, on speaking terms, but you, you mean to tell us that the, the Duchess is, um, I have a hard time trusting a politician that I don't know up in their ivory tower, but she means to root out the corruption of the shield marshals and of Muglin. That's just... Indeed. That's certainly a, one of her main goals. But there's something far more pressing that we have to address first. It has to do with one alchemist that you may have heard of that blew up half of Blythe's College. But I'll get to that in a minute. But to answer your question, yes, she has it in for Muglin too. Muglin has powerful allies. She has to do this smartly and with thought. Well, is this is this just one corrupt higher up just trying to edge out the competition, or is the Duchess and, and he feels silly and like at wanting to try to get this out, and he, he pauses for a minute and says. Is the Duchess a good person, or is she another snake in the grass, just trying to s- screw the rest of the city, but on her own terms? The Duchess is as good of a politician as Alcantar could ever hope for. She tries, she's got a true heart, and she tries as hard as she can to serve the people of Alcantar, not just the sky side, but the smoke side as well. She's got her flaws like any person does. But if you think I'm a good person, then take my word for it, because I, I put my faith in her, and I, and I serve her. And I think that her goals are noble. Are they so noble that uh, we won't be used as disposable pawns in her plans? <laughs> well, J- Jules kind of leans back for a second and says, you all are asking the wrong questions. The, the, the point of the matter is we don't know. We just got to put our chips in with somebody and I'm sure as shit not putting mine in with Muglin. And if the Duchess is the only other option of us potentially getting out of this situation, well, that's where the cards fall and that's what we play. I, wa- I want her to be a good person, yeah, sure, but I'm myself not the best of people's we got limited options. And uh, Phoebe's been good to us so far. She had multiple opportunities to shoot us in the face and in the back, and she hasn't. If you're vouching for the Duchess, 
I'm in. And she just kind of like slumps back in her chair. Like, because there's really no other option, you know? Mm-hmm. It's either that or we just like hide out forever. So take the opportunities where they come. Okay, if she's in, I'm in. Well, let me tell you what you're in for. And then you can make a decision from there. All right. I appreciate it. And I understand that where I'm asking you to put a lot on faith. But as you've already articulated, you don't have a lot of options. You got the Grand Duchess who is willing to overlook your crimes as they, as it were and understands that you all are victims of muggling and the corruptness that plagues Alkenstar. That, at the very least, should make you feel a little bit more secure that you at least got somebody on your, t- on your side. It really doesn't hurt that it's the Grand Duchess. So you at least be protected from shield marshals and law enforcement agents that aren't in the pocket of Loveless. Now, that's maybe small concessions, but it's something. She gets up, and Dunsmith starts to pace around the barrel and bullets back room as she continues talking. She's animated and enthusiastic, clearly firing on all cylinders, still reveling in the success of the gold tank reserve heist. She says, so, for this next job, The Duchess has asked us to secure some very precious cargo. She slides a broadsheet across the table, a poster advertising Vashon Gattleby's Pyronite exhibition at Blythier College. The poster includes a woodprint of a harried human man in his 50s, presumably Gattleby, and some hyperbolic copy promoting the once-in-a-lifetime explosive showcase. Now, as I said, I'm sure you all have heard of Gattleby and his Pyronite, yeah? Of course, yes, it's the talk of the town. Exactly, it's the talk of the town. Ever since he leveled half of Blathir's largest auditorium, well, Gattleby's invention has gotten him a lot of admirers late, lately. Everyone in Alkenstar wants a piece of this man, or at least a piece of his new invention. Thankfully for us, Gattleby's turned down everyone who's offered to hire him or to buy the Pyronite formula from him been able to hold off his prospectors from the safety of his own home so far, but he can't hold down that puny brick-and-mortar fortress forever. Fortunately, the Grand Duchess and I have managed to convince Gattleby to be better off here, in the saloon's workshop, where no one will know his location. He's game, so now we just gotta get him from point A to point B. That's where you come in. We need you to meet Gattleby at his home on the other side of the city and bring him back to the barrel and bullet. Once he's here, I can keep him safe. Simple enough job, right? Go get Gattleby and bring him back here. I'll be paying you 50 gold apiece if you bring him back in one piece. Dunsmith pinches the bridge of her nose like she's just remembered something unpleasant. Oh yeah. As part of our arrangement, Gattleby made us promise that he'd be able to make a stop along the way near Ironside Quarter at some abandoned brewery. Got me why, but that's the deal. Stop at a place called Yeast of All Brewery. All right. 
right. I'm on board now. All right. I, I was, name, I was yeah. hesitant, but the names got me sold. <laughs> Besides, it, it might actually be a good place for you to lay low if you need to catch your breath or lose somebody on your trail. Anyway, we don't have much time to get this done. Muglin and Loveless are likely to make a grab for Gattleby soon. Muglin's been moving money around and paying off some shady folk. By my estimations, we have about four days to get to Gattleby before our cargo is compromised. Be ready for Muglin's mercenaries, Loveless's street gangs, or anyone else under our rival's thumbs. Dunsmith pulls a rolled up map of Alcastar from a nearby shelf and then furls it across the table. You should scout your route before you pick up Gattleby just to make sure it's safe. And then she removes her cameo brooch and sets it on top of the map. Show this to Gattleby so he knows you're working for me. All right. Any questions? So we got four days to get over there. Mm -hmm. Our four days to get him back here. Well, I mean, yeah, like, yes, yes and yes. <laughs> Clear as mud. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, to, to sum it up, um, Gattleby created Pyronite, and it made a big impact, drew the attention, literally. and some people want, want that firepower. It's like significant weaponry right and people are trying to get to mm -hmm. him so is it just it's just Gattleby that we're getting or is it like his his lab because from what I heard the pyronite situation is um delicate uh it's, it's highly explosive yeah so um what what exactly is it just him and his formula or are we bringing his like whole kit and caboodle well uh she's or he's assured me that the formula resides in his head that uh, he already destroyed any notes after the unfortunate events at the college uh, you know he's he's no fool he knows people are coming after it and he doesn't want to get in the wrong hands either so I think really just get there make sure obviously that there's no traces of his formula there but it's really about just getting Gattleby out of that location and into a secure one is there any way we could borrow one of them uh, hats of disguise just to, you know, slap on old Gattleby, get him over here? Uh, My thoughts exactly. Uh, well, I can't allow that because the book says no. <laughs> oh, well, then okay. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, according to the laws of the, <laughs> of the duchy of Alkenstar. Duchy. Duchy. Oh, God. Ironside is that is that the one that's like overrun with monsters or is that um, Ironside Quarter is the one that's overrun with monsters. Yeah, but it's not in Ironside. It's near. Just near. Okay. It. Okay. Like we have four days to get to him, or he has to be back here in four days. Like they think that a move is going to be made on Gattleby in four okay. days. Okay. The quicker we can get him here, the, the better. Um, yeah. Okay. So we have four days to plan and execute this mission. Um, do you have any suggestions as far as routes yeah. through the city? There you go. Any sewers we can possibly? Well, yeah, you'll definitely want to scout a route. I mean, you know, here's the map, but you guys are gonna wanna get out there and check out the current situation to make your call. 
and uh, that is definitely a downtime um, activity that you will be able to do called scout a route um, it takes half a day to do uh, it's either an athletics perception society or survival um, and you gain preparation points depending on the level of success and all that will give you some bonuses later on so <clears throat> you can do that as many times as you want within the four days just keep in mind it does take half a day to do and I'll give you more details about that if and when you choose to, to do that and so as, as far as any snags we might run into it's really it's just Muglin's men and um, the shield marshals that we are primarily worried about and any that, that's the, that's the main concern but this this pirate knight probably has the attention of many many uh, ne'er-do-wells as it were so keep your eyes open for everything but certainly we know that Muglin wants it we know that 100% Muglin has Muglin was there as I, I was at this demonstration and I could see the hunger in his eyes uh, where everybody else had fear yeah so need to keep a head on a swivel for other potential gangs and stuff that may have caught wind of it and yeah the, I'll be honest the, 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 the brewery situation concerns me I would personally if we have the time to do it like to scout that area for sure before we bring Gattleby into it it's a sketchy side anyways but I know yeah that's uh, definitely not a bad thought uh, from what I gathered um, you know it's it's been abandoned and locked up. I'm not really sure why he wants to go there. I, I, I get the sense that there was some sort of personal or sentimental connection to the brewery. Uh, but I, you know, I, I don't know much about it, but I know that time is short, so uh, I would use it wisely to prepare yourselves. And as I said, I during this time, I'd be happy to train any and all of you uh, on, on some of the Alcatar agent techniques. And then, when, you know, when you get to Gattleby, uh, you know, he's harmless. You know, the explosive grains of sand notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's a bit of a shut-in recently, of course, and he's whip-smart when it comes to keeping intruders out of his home. So watch your step. Um, he knows about our arrangement to get into safety, but he's always neck deep in his work and he forgets just about anything that isn't written in his formula book so don't be surprised if the door's locked when you get there shoot he may not even remember that it's the day that you're coming we're gonna get hit in the face with like a can of paint swinging down on a rope you know? <laughs> right, right. I mean, trip on some micro machines you might oh God. Hey, he, he he's kind of a of a weird fella. He's a blonde ten-year-old boy psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Kevin uh, McAllister's yeah. great, 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 great grandfather. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I mean, if, if you guys don't have any other questions, uh, I mean, it seems like we've kind of figured out what we got to do. Um, and George turns to the party and says, "So everybody's we're good." 
I'm trying to think. Is uh, there what, anything what, else? Just one more question. Um, has the Duchess deigned to give us any supplies for this mission? Good, good question. Per, uh, what about per diem? Question. Per diem, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for real. So, in case you forgot, <laughs> uh, I know a lot's been going on, but I just gave you 25 gold and offered 50 gold to each of you on successful completion of this mission. So, so we just keep all our receipts much, and then turn them in later? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, sure. Lovely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, she gave us the brooch. Uh, uh, there's nothing else that, yeah, like... There's also the free room and board uh, that you have here and uh, all that, too, so... Fair enough. We're just we're just picking. Unless of course, you know, you yeah, unless of something. course you do have a per diem plan. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, for the stuff. You guys are doing the I'm only joking. <laughs> unless you know, you're, unless you're cool with it, yeah. <laughs> unless you're into uh, it. Yeah. yeah, girl, give me that shotgun. Hey, no, but quick question: What does that shotgun look like? Is it like super custom? Is it like really nice looking? Just out of curiosity. What's that? Her shotgun on the table. Oh, it's dope. Like Jules kind of like keeps her eyes keep flitting back to it. Like it's made out of carbon fiber and crystal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think of anything else to ask. I'm probably forgetting something obvious. No, but. I think you're, I, no. I mean, you got you got the most valuable information. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so. and if we, you know, we're, we're gonna have a you know a minute. I would imagine like. Okay, we just got done with all this. We can, you know, get a meal and get a drink or yep. whatever before we start our planning process, right? I sure hope um, so. I, yeah, I would hope. So, yeah, I mean, if we come up with anything else, like at least in the next few hours, we'll be near enough, Phoebe, to ask, mm-hmm. I would think. So, yeah, George kind of turns to the party and is like, all right, if we come up with anything else, we'll let you know, uh, Phoebe. But if you don't mind, could we, you know, get some food in our belly, maybe get a a brew uh, of course alright um, well you guys go ahead Phoebe could I could I talk to you for just a second oh uh, yeah I guess we head out everybody else <laughs> I need to get the drink come on come on Oz. let me let me taste this drink uh, yeah, as long as you're buying uh, this one you get the next <laughs> Order me a lager. <laughs> as we head out, Jules like kind of looks. You want a yingling? <laughs> a yingling? <laughs> Jules looks over her shoulder at George and just like kind of cocks her eyebrow like, you good? He winks at you. Okay. All right. She heads out. <laughs> Clear as mud. Clear as mud. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and so with the the party, you know, goes off to the bar area or whatever, and um, George turns to Phoebe and is like, "Sorry, I don't mean to take up too much of your time, um, but you said something about uh, some particular kind of training or whatever for this. I I have a lot of experience with, you know, doing things quietly. Uh, all right. So uh, what you, what you trying to say there, George? Oh. What what kind of training are you talking about? I might be interested. You, forgive me my trepidation earlier. I just I don't know the Duchy. I know her, you know, public facing, you know, persona. But you know, politicians have a reputation. So, but if you if you trust the Duchy and she's wanting to take down Muglin and these other jokers, then 
There's nobody better I could align myself with, and that's all I want, is to see Muglin brought low. Preferably, uh, preferably uh, six feet below. Yeah, I imagined that you might be interested, considering that you've done some of this kind of work before, haven't you, George? And he, like, squints a little bit at her, and he's like, I have. Well then, and she reaches into a hidden pocket on the inside of her vest and pulls out a ring, uh, very similar to the one that she showed you, and hands it to you. It says, all right, with this signet ring, you are officially initiated as an Alcastar agent. You'll continue to put on your persona of a rough and tumble outlaw, uh, a bard for brigands, as it were. But your real goal is going to be report back to, to me so I can report back to the Duchess, which, which you're already doing. What I'm going to do is help you out with a couple things. And so what this translates to is that this is going to be your free archetype. We are doing free archetypes in this game. Mm-hmm. And so this is the one that Heath is taking for George, and it is the Alchemstar Agent Dedication. Um, are you already trained in deception? I am. So you become an expert yep. oh, in deception. That's so good. And, and you can pick underworld lore or legal lore to add to your lores. I am already trained in underworld lore, and I believe that'll let me go to expert in that as well. No. Uh, oh, yes. If you if you don't want to add legal lore, then you can up underworld to expert. Yes. So I'm expert in deception yeah. and underworld now. Beautiful. Oh, hell yeah. You also gain the lie to me skill feat. Uh, so you can use deception to weave traps to trip up anyone trying to deceive you. You can engage in a conversation with someone trying to lie to you. Use your deception DC if it is higher than your perception DC to determine whether they succeed. Uh, so you know you have a little bit better chance of seeing through lies. Yeah, well, and that'll come down. I, that was the one that I was kind of most tripped up on because I feel like a lot of that's going to go through you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just that's some, something to keep in mind if if we're in a situation where somebody's may or may not be lying i'm going to be better at being able to suss that out sure thing and then yeah you're going to have access to some cool feats uh, later on as we level up um so yeah great great there um uh, anything you want to say back to her as she's yeah and so kind of going through this yeah george kind of takes the signet ring and, and just like looks over it for a second as though he's weighing a difficult decision and then sighs and finally takes it and slips it on to his finger and and at first there's a, a look of nervousness or, or apprehension and then when he slips the ring onto his finger a look of almost comfort or kind of calm washes over over george's face um and he looks at phoebe and says all right well I won't let you down. As long as, as long as the Duchy will work with us and we can try to take down Muglin, I'm your man. All right. Appreciate you, George. Now go get you something to eat. Thank you, Phoebe. Okay, cool. All right, so you guys get stuff to eat. Um, 
Heath, you're going to get this week's hero point for taking the in-adventure archetype. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved. Uh, so go ahead and roll me a d6, please. Okay, a one. Uh, okay, oh, look at you. You're going to get you a little personal there. Uh, all right, this one is from E-Robs. Hey! Oh, cool. Hey. Let's flirt with a little danger, eh? Just flirt, though. No commitment. That's why you're getting this hero point, so you can get out of danger. Got it? Good. I love okay. that she wrote cool. A. Uh, uh, so Canadian. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I will use that to flirt with danger sometime in the future. All right. Bet, bet, bet. Uh, okay. So, you know, we're... You guys want to go along? I mean... Sure. I'm here. I'm here, baby. Let's do it. Let's, 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 cause let's, you know, I want to get the rest of y'all's level ups there. Um, so yeah, let's do it. So you guys have eaten and now like, I think I would want to have like a moment with Oz just as, as we're eating and drinking, just like a quick conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, say Oz, um, I'm wondering like once we get all this planning done, I'm sure we'll have a little bit of time. Would you mind helping me with a little mission of my own one of these evenings? Oh, a little bit of ulterior motives you got going on here? Oh, nothing nefarious. I just need to pick up a few things from the poison and cure, and I need to make sure that I do it as surreptitiously, as safe as possible. And uh, having a scout, someone a little dexterous and hidey will go a long way for that. Would you be willing to help me? Yeah, I would very much appreciate it. Poison and cure. That's the establishment that you... That was burned. Yes. You don't think that there would be multiple eyes over there? Yeah? Mm. All logic points to yes, but mm. you know, I am willing to risk it. It's risky. It's risky. Um, okay. Okay. Um, we have four days. Uh, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll go by. But we just may need to make sure that this doesn't conflict with our other schedule, our other needs. I, I'm sure it will not. Plus, I'm planning on doing it when most of Alkin's thought is asleep, so... That, that, that would be uh, a good idea. But anyways, uh, let's uh, relax. Enough of this business talk. Let's, uh, how do you like your drink? Well, after, after today, uh, uh, stiff today. Well, get a good night's rest. And, you know, you'll, you'll be... You'll be chipper in the morning mm-hmm. and then and then it fades away to the crowd well I, I might suggest that you guys go tonight okay. since time is short ah, you know okay. I mean? alright okay okay let's do it tonight it's a clear night tonight people are, are, are distracted with with what's going on so this this might be a, a prime opportunity exactly two drink maximum <laughs> alright Uh so they're going to go to check out the poison and cure. Uh, Emily, what is Jules going to do before you guys get back together? Because you said you had some people you wanted to see too. Yeah. Um, Jules would want to just kind of swing by the house real quick just to check in on the family. 
Uh, not mm-hmm. so much, you know, Sean, but like specifically Charlotte. Um, <laughs> just not even necessarily like go in, but just put eyes on them, make sure everybody's still safe and sound. Um, mm-hmm. But then her main. They live in Alkenstar? Yeah. Charlotte lives in Alkenstar? Yeah, she's okay. in Spokeside. Okay. Heard. Heard. That's why I'm skirt for her. <laughs> yeah, well, and like we, but both <laughs> of the, the kids do kind that. of took a, You should have known that forever. I know. Like, I guess I just thought, yeah, I'm, I misunderstood. We we immigrated from. Um, Jalmarie. Uh, I thought it was Jalmarie just you guys. when we were kids. Mm-mm. I thought it was just, uh, yeah, I thought it was just the two of you. Mm-mm. No, she, I mean, we. She remarried. She got a whole mess of kids. Right. They She's all got here. a happy kind of little life. And we, as we got older, went into our own stuff and kind of stay away, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, All right, so you're going to go do just a quick just a drive cursory by. look at yeah. yeah. And, and then what else? I got to head to Durgan's uh, because I need Durgan. to... That's pretty much her main, like, you know, haunt. And um, and remind the listeners uh, who Durgan is. Durgan is the <laughs> dwarf uh, that she was working in the forge with. Um uh-huh. It hasn't been fully revealed, but essentially Durgan is like her mentor when it comes to building things, crafting things. Um, cool. And that's the thing that she she wants to check on him, but also I got to pick some stuff up that I've been working gotcha. on for a minute. Heard that. Heard that. And George, do you have any personal things that you're going to do before you guys get together and scout? Um, I would imagine that uh, you know, Jules would have let George know she's going to swing by and yeah. just like, you know, take a look at the house, make sure everything's okay. Yep. Um, so that he wouldn't worry or be like, I've got to go with you. And I would imagine going to Durgan's, you don't want George to go with you, you know? Nah, I want to be able to slip in and out as quickly and easily right. as possible. Yeah. So, uh, feeling a little more, you know, reassured by that she's going to at least check on the family. That gives George a little time. He's going to stay you know, uh, around the barrel and bullet. Did I do it in the right order? Or is it bullet and barrel? Yes. It's barrel and bullet. Yeah. Okay. We're never going to lock that in. Um, <clears throat> so he's going to hang out and he's got, you know, this co- sort of new position weighing on him. I mean, the party doesn't know about his past, but you guys do of, of doing his undercover stuff and like getting sucked back into a similar thing is worrying and and sort of brings up the trauma of everything that happened but also the potential of doing something he's familiar with and and good at for the right reasons like he thought he was doing um you know it's like it just sucked me back in you know kind of thing so he's he's kind of got a lot mentally to wrestle with and i think he goes back to his room and he kind of shuts himself in and he sits down and starts shuffling his deck of cards which is a harrow deck and he just starts kind of laying the cards out. he's not a harrower he's, he's got no magical he's a, he's a gambler you know but it's it's sort of a talisman for him and he's just like kind of laying the cards out amateurly and just I don't know it's like something to put his faith in or put his mind at ease with you know and and that's the way that he kind of gets through you know, the tangle of his own mind is by, by looking through these cards and their associated meanings and, and the history of, like, games and gambling that he's had and the impact of each card on his life. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, he'd get some food, have a few beers, and then kind of shuts himself in his room 
being moody and looking at his cards. Is is that your level up or? No. So his level up, he and, and I don't know. I have a problem. I hesitate to say a problem. A, a thing that's tough for me wrestling with with the bard is the concept of the muse, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't find a good way to like attach to it or for it to have any meaning other than in terms of mechanics. But as far as my level up, I did take Multifarious Muse. So I basically dedicate to a second muse, uh, the Enigma Muse, which gives me Bardic Lore. So I will now be able to, I'll be trained. Now that doesn't make him expert or anything, but he is trained in Bardic Lore, which is only usable for lore skill checks, but it means that he can roll a skill check on literally anything in the world. Like he can do a recall knowledge on anything. Nice. That's pretty sweet. That's really cool. Real handy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really convenient. And then uh, I also took the Bon Mott feat. So that Ooh. I can he can use Bon Mott basically to give enemies a uh, negative on their will saves. So that can help uh, help set up, you know, spells that, that need them to fail will saves. Nice. Alright, good deal. Um, let's, let's follow Jules next. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, let's say you're going to go, you're going to go check on the house. Fam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's sticking uh, to all the tight corners. Um, yeah. So up like kind of set, set the tension, right? Like you step outside you know, and it feels like everything's looking at you, even though nothing is, right? And uh, I imagine you're going under the cover of night, you know, oh, yeah. after you've had a chance to eat and get, you know, everything kind of taken care of. And you work your way through the streets, kind of sticking to back alleys, the shadows, everything that you can to avoid detection. And you arrive at the Davala household. Tell me, what does it look like? I mean, it's a simple house. Uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a like a row house, I imagine. Um, I mean, it's in Smokeside. It's not super uh, bougie. It's in Steamhaven, so it's a little bit nicer than say, like you know, Ferris Quarter type, type area. Um, if everything's fine. Uh, I would imagine as she gets closer, she can hear kind of like the raucous sounds of the family inside, maybe sitting down for dinner, depending on how what time it is. Um, uh, lights are on. You can hear uh, like Charlotte uh, calling out because she's got a loud voice. She's just like her, her, her twins, you know, her twin kids. Um, she's a little outspoken, but she's super, super sweet. Um but yeah, Jules would kind of like hang back maybe across the street in sort of an alley and just look towards the house just to make sure nobody else is scouting the place out, make sure like she can kind of count the voices she hears of all the kids. Um, but yeah, just kind of like a little simple house. What's it, what's it looking like? Yeah, you see the kind of twinkle of candlelight or maybe oil light through the windows. Mm-hmm. The windows, I imagine, 
aren't very see-through, mm-hmm. kind of has built up a smoke over time and everything has made it kind of fogged up and, and dirty or whatever. But you see the lights on, you don't see anybody's like standing around or patrolling it, um, that kind of thing. And so like, it, it, it seems okay. okay, you know what I mean? Um, you hear, I guess, would be kind of some rowdiness, mm-hmm. you know, it's around dinner time, I guess, at this point. So you hear the ravenous <laughs> house full <laughs> sounds of boys. Of the Duval- yeah. Yeah. The Duval is all trying to eat. And um, if I could hear at one point, fucking Sean, uh, then like, well, I'll no, know. I, I was, I was actually going to say, <laughs> you hear some shouts. You can't really make out particularly what they are, but then the front door opens and a, young boy with red hair steps out front uh, with like a half-eaten roll and there's like a tear rolling down his cheek his face is all scrunched up in like frustration and anger he's out there and he's kicking rocks and (laughs) like chewing the roll like maybe more aggressively than he should (laughs) and and (laughs) You recognize him as Sean, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's been he, he something yeah. happened, and you know per usual. he's, he's at, yeah, and he's out there just like frustrated yeah. and embarrassed or whatever, you know. She uh, she honestly like this this level of tension that she was carrying on like her shoulders and everything. She just relaxes a little bit, and she she chuckles just a little bit to herself and like fuck it, Sean, and. Uh, and she'll like nod to herself and then head on towards Durgan's. Like this is as close as she's willing to get to the house because she doesn't want to bring danger to them if they're not already in danger. Um, yeah, right. she'd head off. As you're walking to Durgan's, your mind is filled with memory, and uh, we're gonna do our first flashback ever on this Whee! show. Nice. <laughs> Now, on APA, we do diddly-doos. Uh, I would like to do something different, a different sound. My suggestion is that we do the... As our lead-in to flashbacks. Oh, All of us doing it in different... It's going to be great. That's how we do it. I yeah, can't see how this go poorly. All right, so, let's, so I need some wana wanas. All right, that's what we're doing. Yeah, but not like now we're singing like the final countdown. Well, we'll get better at as no, we do, or we won't. Don't lie to yourself. Uh, all right. So here we go. Jewel stares down at her pocket watch, and as she does, a memory comes to mind. She had been admiring the watch from the other side of the window display for days now. It wasn't a fancy piece, being made by and presumably for the people of Smokeside. A solid and simple clock was preferable to the highly embellished devices of Skyside. Jules had always been curious and had an eye for anything shiny, but lately, the 10-year-old found herself thinking about the inner workings 
of many of the mechanical marvels of Alkenstar. And today, she was going to satisfy that curiosity. Fancy or not, she wanted that watch. Wanted to pry it open and see how it worked. So, quiet as a mouse, she slipped into the shop while the owner was talking with a customer, grabbed the piece, and walked out. She was brimming over with adrenaline. The rush of taking something she wanted was only equal to her excitement of figuring out how the thing worked. But as she headed for the alley that was her usual haunt, she felt as if someone was watching her. Subtly looking over her shoulder, she saw that the owner was still engaged with the customer and seemed none the wiser that he had been robbed. So she shrugged the feeling off and sat down between some crates and began examining her ill-gotten treasure. With a small piece of sharp-edged metal, she pried off the back panel, revealing the mechanical mysteries within. Tiny wheels and cogs, nearly microscopic springs, and the smallest screws she had ever seen, all working together in perfect synchronicity. She just stared at it. The gentle ticking seemed to calm and excite her simultaneously. She raised her scrap metal scalpel and moved to begin disassembling the watch, but stopped. If she took this apart, she would never get it back together. There was too much. It was too detailed. And she was just some kid from Smokeside. She started to cry. Anger and shame of her own ignorance filled her, and she raised the watch, making to throw it against the wall opposite her, only to see a dwarf standing there before her. He wore a leather apron, stained with soot and grease, and he stared down at her with a look of stony bemusement. She jerked the watch back to her chest, hiding it from the stranger, and for a moment, neither said anything. Then, with a sigh, he pulled a tiny screwdriver from his apron pocket and gently held out his hand, gesturing for Jules to give him the watch. She had been caught. She was cornered. She had to give up her new treasure. He took the watch, and after a moment of closely examining it, he used the tiny screwdriver and reattached the back panel with a click. He placed the screwdriver back in his apron and looked back at Jules. I know Smokeside ain't the easiest place to live, but it's hard to learn just about anything when there's no one to teach you. But I also know this. There are better ways to learn about things than stealing and destroying them. I'm going to take this back to the shop you took it from. Don't worry. I'll not rat you out. But know this. If you do want to learn how things like this work, you come see old Durgan. I'll teach you what I can. Then, with a nod of his balding head, he turned and took the watch back to the store. Jules was too shocked to move, so she sat and watched. Sure, as he had said, no one came storming into the alley to punish her for her theft, and after a moment, he left the store and headed down to the building next door, where she saw him open a metal rolling door revealing a darkened forge. He stoked the fire and began heating a piece of metal. As he started to hammer the blazing pieces of iron, he looked across the street in Jules' direction and gave the smallest of smiles. 
The high-pitched ping of the hammer strikes in her memory, melding with the same ringing sounds of the present. And Jules shifts her gaze from the watch he'd eventually helped her make to the forge itself today. Almost 20 years later, the dwarf still has the same kind eyes set into that gruff, bearded face. And thanks to all that he had taught her over the years, she could finally finish her masterpiece. Time to get to work. I will never not be able to do count. Yeah, now. No, no, this is no. this is already ruined. It's ruined. ruined. Yeah, yeah. It's ruined. Uh, I don't think we can even just alone do it no. right. No. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm lost forever. Listen to it first. Yeah, yeah we'll have to listen to it. That's your homework. Uh, so. Emily, tell me what's going on here. Uh, so, essentially, Jules heads over to the forge and, you know, greets Dargan. He's working on his own thing. She sees that he's fine. Obviously, I mean, nothing's going on here, I assume. <laughs> um, and she heads to the back of the forge and pulls off a sheet. And you see a few pieces kind of disassembled uh, of what looks to be a gun. And she works for a few minutes putting little pieces together, kind of fine-tuning the last little bits. And finally, she kind of sighs, and she steps back, and she looks down at it. And she says, All right, baby girl, you're ready. She picks up this flintlock pistol, and you can see that it is fairly ornately embellished, whereas a regular flintlock pistol is just kind of pretty basic. You've got your barrel, you've got the flint, you've got the hammer. Uh, but she has kind of put in cogs and wheels and little things on the exterior along like the uh, the plate where the mechanisms work. And those cogs and wheels are what create the tension and everything when the hammer is pulled back. Um, so a lot of her, the inner workings are on the outside. And it is just kind of, she shudders a little bit when she holds it. And she put, puts it in her holster, takes a deep breath, and turns and says, All right, Duggan, I'm going to be out of pocket for a little bit, but um, keep your head on a swivel. We got some shit. It's going down, all right? Duggan kind of steps in front of you before you walk out. Says, Jules, are you all right? She kind of pats him on the shoulder and she says, You know me, Duggan? Always getting into a little something. Um, just... I'm going to be alright. I got... I got people watching my back this time that I think I can actually trust. Um, just keep yourself safe, alright? He, like, puts his hand on your stomach and says... Those aren't gears in there, Jules. I can't fix those if they get mucked up. Well, then I'll... I'll keep it... Keep it as safe as I can. <laughs> keep them on the inside. Yeah, yeah, safe. yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's like, this... They don't really have these kinds of conversations a lot. And, mm -hmm. um... She turns to leave and then she turns back and she like grabs him, like leans down real quick and hugs him really hard. Oh, what? What was that for? 
just I I just want to say thanks um, for everything you know just in case anything goes you know tits up <laughs> um. <laughs> he's like literally at tip level <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry maybe poor choice of words um, but she steps back a little bit and she says for real though uh, Duggan you you kept me from being a lot worse than I am and I want to thank you for that and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how much better we can make this baby and she pats her holster I'll see you soon all right, well, I'll be here. And she makes her way back towards the bullet and barrel, but it's our barrel and bullet every time. Uh, but essentially, what's happened is uh, Jules level up. She also took a free ar- archetype, uh, the inventor. And um, mm. one of the things is an innovation. She took a weapon innovation, and baby girl, who which is her new fancy flintlock pistol, um, is that weapon innovation um does a few different things essentially the the big big takeaway uh, is kind of that this weapon only jules is proficient in she's she's the only person on this planet that is trained in this weapon everybody else will be mm-hmm. untrained it also provides a few different things as far as changing um uh damage type and uh a few different things that i'll keep Kind of a little bit closer until they, they occur. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the other thing is she took alchemy this level so that she can craft her own munitions. So nice. uh, maybe we can not have to barter with goblins every five minutes to try and get some bullets. <laughs> All right. Uh, you could sh- certainly collect about three, uh, I don't know, bags of rounds here. Okay, sweet. For free, so Hell you can yeah. go ahead and throw 30, 30 bullets on your Wheel sheet for now. Do. Just regular bullets. Regular ass bullets, yeah. Yeah, regular ass bullets. Yeah, specifically. They're ass-seeking. It's fun. All right. Let's uh, pop over to Oz and Amir and their trip to the Poison Cure. All right, Amir, let's keep an eye out. Okay, so um, if you will, just... Uh, I... I uh, I had a disguise on. I look like just like one of the many uh, Alkenstar untouchables or homeless, just des- just rags and just dirty, you know, with the with the had a disguise. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, let's let's make our way there. Um, stick the corners, keep your eye out. Um, I don't need to tell you your business. Just um, yeah, just stay out of uh, any lamps, lamp light, any street lights. Just we have. When this. we get there, just. We'll do a quick scouting, and I just have to quickly retrieve something, and we'll get back to the battle. Sounds good. Sounds good. Go. All right. So All right. I guess. So yeah, yeah. You guys get to the poison and cure, and you, you know, you can smell it before you see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like the the residual scent of burning cinders. Uh, is there and all the alchemical stuff that burned up in the process probably mm-hmm. slightly toxic even um, maybe and see, yeah and uh, when you see that devastation you now Amir are a bit rocked with memory so we're gonna we're gonna do another flashback to oh. one episode <laughs> oh damn uh, <laughs> Wah, 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 wah. 
awful. Just awful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get I, I, I actually love it. Um, so let's switch up some music. Here He's see just shaking his head. Mm. Yeah. Don't like it. Slower, you imbecile. How many times must I tell you? The levels must be exact. Any more, and the chemical reaction would be too volatile. Even if it doesn't blow up in our faces, the mixture would be much too acidic. Even though the old geezer is at least three meters away from behind some odd shimmering barrier, the young boy can smell the man's breath as he croaks out his words. The boy, who has shown no outward signs of hearing the old man's words, continues with his assigned task. Looking to be around 10, or maybe 11, the boy's coffee-colored hair is cut short. The look of focus is evident on his face as he looks at the flask in his hand with sharp, almond-colored eyes. The boy, knowing that even if this reagent somehow managed to react enough to start generating energy, no branching chain reaction would take place. That is, unless he added the extract all at once. Then, and only then, would the mixture blow up in the boy's face. Besides, the boy could terminate the reaction at any time with the inhibitors he prepared the day before. Mm. Okay, yes, very neatly adequate. That will do just fine, I suppose. Keep at it, and remember the inhibitors if things get a bit reactive. Just as the old geezer said this, a crack echoes across the room as the bottle holding the extract cracks and shatters in the boy's hands, the entire contents falling into the flask. The boy reacted quickly, retrieving the vial of black liquid from his belt, the same vial he had prepared the day before. The inhibitor meant to instantly halt the chain reaction taking place and hopefully stop this before it got out of hand. With a practiced motion, the boy empties the vial of inhibitor into the flask. searing light, incredible heat, a sense of motion, and then nothing. A month later. Why do we even bother with you, boy? Huh? You are simply a drain on the resources of this city. You exist because we allow it. And you learn in this fine establishment because we allow it. You will earn your keep if you expect to keep your skin. The boy is starting to believe the words of the old geezer. It seems the more the boy tries, the more he fails. Today, he's cleaning the ooze pits. At least, that's what he calls them. In actuality, they're more akin to giant cauldrons used to perform experiments of all kinds, usually involving some manner of ooze. Most outside of Onapion would be wary or perhaps repulsed by oozes, but the boy could see their adaptability and their usefulness. The boy didn't understand how one could be repulsed by such useful creatures. The boy is in full protective gear, scrubbing the bottom of one of the ooze pits. They must be cleaned and sterilized before the next iteration. The boy is going through the motions deep in thought when the sharp click jolts him out of his reverie. Suddenly, a dark liquid starts flooding the pit with the boy still within. 
When the liquid makes contact with his clothes, they start to smoke. And when it makes contact with his skin, it instantly starts to erode, to decay. The boy scrambles for the ledge to attempt to save himself, but the ladder is gone and he is still too small to reach. The liquid is near his ankles now, and that's when the screaming starts. The boy is filled with hopelessness and desperation as the dark liquid invades and destroys his body. But most of all, he is filled with pain. A pain so great that the boy's conscious mind can't keep up, and he begins to pass out from the shock. The boy's cries for help, dying to the weight of the darkness. The last image the boy sees before the darkness takes him being the focused greedy eyes and sly grin of the old geezer. One year later. The furnace thrummed with heat as the boy monitored the pressure gauges. Monitoring the boy is the old geezer. The boy hasn't seen the old geezer in about a year. The memory of his smiling face staring down at him from the lip of the ooze pit seared into his mind. I see my lessons are teaching you as best as can be expected. You have progressed, although exhaustingly slow. I suppose that is to be expected though, as you are clearly not fit for these pursuits. One such as you shouldn't be burdened with tasks that require knowledge or intellect to complete, as you are clearly lacking in those departments. Alas, you have other talents, do you not? The sly smile returns to the face of the old geezer when he says this. A fear sets over the boy, and as if triggered by the old geezer's smile, he begins furiously looking over his work, refocusing his efforts, expecting something terrible to happen. When nothing does, he relaxes a bit. The boy didn't make a mistake. This time there would be no accident. The scalpel was pulled swiftly across the boy's throat before the action even registered to the boy. A cold and sharp pain explodes from his neck as warm blood cascades all around him. The boy falls to the ground, clutching his neck, trying but failing to speak. His eyes peer up into the cold, amused eyes of the old geezer, the scalpel in his hand, dripping blood. Come now, child, don't look at me like that. Have you still not figured it out? I suppose I shouldn't be surprised, idiot boy. The boy slumps to the floor dead his hand still gripping his ruined neck. Four years later, the boy is a boy no longer, nearly a man grown. The boy has just finished a batch of minor healing elixirs to sell. All of the herbs and reagents needed to craft the elixirs were either grown by the boy or purchased with his wages from working at the guild. He needs money to leave. He needs money to escape this place. On a peon, while not all bad, is bad enough, especially the place the boy has called home since before he had any memory at all. It's the only place he's ever known. This place is one of the many guilds of alchemists within On a peon, funded and operated by a single alchemist, a nameless man known only to him as Old Geezer. The last time the boy saw the man was nearly a year ago after another one of his accidents. They seemed to happen every year or so, but the alchemist always managed to patch the boy up. He remembers each moment in vivid clarity. 
After waking up in the ward of the guild house after the accident, he was, as always, after being seriously injured, completely healed without a scratch. The moment the boy opens his eyes, he hears the voice that still haunts his dreams. Still in the land of the living, I see, little idiot. The boy, startled by the sudden appearance of the man he most fears, scrambles to the head of the bed, compressing himself against the wall as if he means to merge with it. The boy is shaking, paralyzed with fear. I hear you had a little accident of your own. One should exercise caution when working near the central lake. It can be rather voracious. Although you are, you should know this fact very well. It's been hammered into that little brain of yours many times. Still, I wonder, how do you think you survived this time? What do you remember of your little accident by the lake? A moment passes in silence. The old geezer continues, anger apparent in his tone. Nothing to add, little idiot. Have you finally lost all of your senses this time around? Speak up! Before the boy can react, the man stands with a speed that defies his aged appearance, and in a blink of an eye, his once normal liver-spotted arm elongates, and what seems to be a life of its own shoots towards the boy. Long, spindly figures, similarly elongated, wrap around the boy's throat in a vice-like grip. Thoughts come slow as the fear grips the boy tighter than the fingers around his neck. What a waste! The old geezer screams, his voice tinged with something otherworldly, as if discordant voices speak from the mouth. Tell me, boy! Tell your patron how it is you are so lucky! Tell me what you remember, or I will pull it from your useless brain once your pitiful life leaves your body! How many times can you defy the odds? The old geezer's mutated hand tightens around the boy's neck. He can feel the pressure building and his consciousness fading. Bah! You're not worth it. If I extinguish you now, it will not make much of a difference, will it? Will it? The old geezer releases his hold on the boy, and the boy's body slips down into the bed, his breathing coming in great, labored gasp. One year. One year, and we end this little experiment of ours. With that, the old geezer walked out of the ward, his body returned to its usual decrepit form. The memory finished replaying in the boy's mind, as it does at least once a day. The boy may never know what the old geezer was going on about. The boy has spent many sleepless nights thinking about the old geezer's words, trying to decipher their meaning. But one thing is for certain. One year is one month away, and the boy must be gone before then. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> <laughs> Getting better. Getting better. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well, can't wait to see the old geezer. You know what? I can. I don't care. He sounds like a right <laughs> asshole. He, he is. Straight up. Let's uh, check off geezer. This is definitely Chekhov's geezer. <laughs> Chekhov's geezer. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you have that memory, but you come back into focus at the burned down ruins of the poison and the cure. 
Um, however, you, as the proprietor and once owner of that, knows that there is a secret little, like, small sub room. Ooh, secret um, storage uh, room. Yeah, up under the thing. So perhaps what you're here to find has not been destroyed. There's only one way to find out, though. Indeed. And you did bring Oz along for that purpose. So um, I'm assuming Oz is, you know, scouting, and we've mm-hmm. been able to determine there's no kind of uh, um, well, uh, people watching. Well, we're not going to rush through that. Oh, no, we're not, not going to rush through okay. that. But you need I'm, to let I'm in Oz there, right? Scout. No, you're not in there yet. You guys are looking at it, and so Oz is going to then go scout for gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, so Oz, you are able to slink into the shadows mm-hmm. and uh, get a little bit closer look. And you're able to do this a little bit better than you were. For what reasons? Because Oz took the uh, scout uh, dedication. Uh, this is part of the free archetype. And uh, this allows me, as part of an exploration activity, ensures that uh, um, that if I scout ahead, um, I can ensure that uh, the party that's with me can get a uh, plus two to their initiative rolls. Right. So up. So basically, when we're in when we're in exploration mode, you're gonna always be scouting. Correct. Right, yes. which normally gives a plus one mm-hmm. to uh, to initiative rolls, but with this scout dedication, you will up that to a plus two. So that's going to mean that all of you, as long as that you are in a situation where it's not like immediate back to back combats, should most of the time be getting a plus two to your initiative. So that's going to be super helpful to Very the party. Very good. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, cool. So yeah, you get up there and you see that there is nobody watching it. Um, it looks like they came to do the damage and it was done and assuming that this is no longer a viable place uh, for you guys to hide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it definitely isn't. Um, but you can go and report back to Amir that there's nobody watching it mm-hmm. as you kind of make a, a block. Right, 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 right. I, I feel like... Uh Asaze would almost appear behind uh, 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 <laughs> and uh, it's like nothing to report Jesus <laughs> <laughs> you really need to put be put a bell on you <laughs> <laughs> that would totally ruin my yeah, art yeah, right, guys. Right, 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 right. fair enough <laughs> so Yes, uh, I did not see any kind of threats around the establishment. Thank you, Oz. This this shouldn't take long. And then he, dressed in his rags and looking like a, a homeless guy, um, stealthily uh, goes to the poison and cure. And what I imagine is that mm-hmm. Emir, once he like g- gained the contract, the lease to this place, he. Um, dug out a little compartment, kind of like in the foundation, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a safe there. Um, a, just a small keepsake, keepsake or like, um, you know, the boxes in the bank, the little boxes, just, um, mm-hmm. and he moves some of the uh, 
ash and things around and I assume it's like smoky and everything and the alchemical mm. fumes are like starting to get to him a little bit. Uh, he opens it up and he sees uh, three items. Um, going for the most important ones first. He pulls a locket out um, that appears undamaged. Uh, he opens it up and there's two pictures within. A picture of Layla uh, his slave wife and Miri, his deceased daughter. And he sits there, lingers on, his eyes linger on their faces for a minute. And he snaps it closed and just holds it tight, you know, for a second in his, in his hand and then puts the locket on. Uh, the second item is actually an old used puzzle box that on the top of the puzzle box, carved in almost illegible script, is the name Miri. And it's Miri's old puzzle box that he, he keeps and takes with him wherever he goes. So he stores that. Uh, and the last item is a tome. Uh, a book that he uh, acquired in his time living in Rahadum. Uh, it is a tome of um, non-magical medicine by Kasi Azaril, uh, the famous Rahadum doctor uh, that specialized in non-magical healing uh, and made several breakthroughs in medicine. Uh, so that kind of leads into what I chose for my free archetype, which is the medic. Uh, the medic dedication. Uh, so with that, basically, he has realized that he hasn't been effective. Like actually treating wounds and healing things up. He, it's been like a learning experience almost the entire way, learning through doing on the job training. So he takes this tome and he vows to kind of brush up his skills. Uh, with medic, um, I get you when I successfully battle medicine or treat wounds, you gain more health depending on what I roll. And once per day, I can use battle medicine on someone that's immune. So I can double battle medicine. I also become an expert in medicine. Uh, and just in general, it's a wonderful archetype. So. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's going to be handy, bro. Yeah, it's going to be so be handy. Super helpful, yeah. Mm. What did you take for your class feat? Oh, that's right. Um, I actually uh, changed it recently on my sheet because I, I forgot that I wanted to make this change. But uh, I, as my class feat for level two, got Smoke Bomb. Um, considering we want to be a little... Um, sneaky. Uh, I wanted to go that route so I could put, you know, uh, so you, know you just like a smoke field. took a big garbage bag and collected all the smoke, like just yeah. run around with an open, collect all the smoke. That's <laughs> okay, I got smoke bombs now. I just like, I smell all the fumes and I'm like, oh, that's that's this, that's this. Oh, the, look at the density of this, this smoke. You know, I, that, that goes through his mind in a moment, you know. Which gives me the inspiration for Smoke Bomb, I'm guessing. Uh, and yeah. for my skill feat, I took Continual Recovery. 
which is uh, a medicine yeah. feat, which uh, allows me to treat runes, wounds more often. Instead of once per hour, it's every 10 minutes. Oh, that's going to make healing in between fights so much better. Oh, yeah, baby. So that is me. Uh, okay. So you come out of the mm -hmm. ruins and you meet back up with Oz with the retrieved items. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys are going to... Go ahead. And I just say, uh, all right. Like I said, didn't take long. Uh, we're good to go. And... Uh, as, as, as um, Amir is talking, um, you, you can see that uh, Asaze is a little bit preoccupied. Um, so he doesn't readily respond right away, but he comes back to it, uh, realizes that his hand is kind of drifting over to some frayed stitching on his, uh, on his cloth. And um, his mind flashes over to a familiar face. And once he recognizes that Amir is back, so, Okay, so you have everything that's... Okay, good. Um, I have one small request. Can, can, we go, can we make another stop before we head back to the barrel and bullet? I, I trust that you won't lead us into danger, so um, lead on. Okay. And uh, where we plan on going is to uh, his uh, old matriarch's house. Uh, he's not expecting any kind of changes or anything. It's only been a few days, but uh, he does. I mean, he did leave uh, a past behind um, with departing from this house. Um, and uh, in that past is uh, his... Uh, former or his uh, person that he grew up with Nishast um, he wanted to see what was going on with, with her you know he wanted to, to see so um, yeah he, as we are walking along there he flits his tongue and, you know he can smell the smell of home on the winds you know and I feel like uh, we round that corner um, and I'm guess, and I want to ask you, Adam. Uh, what do what, what what would we see? Uh, so you see the house, but you see that several of the windows have been broken. Uh, the door is like barely hanging on its hinges. It's it's still like beaten in, you know, from when the shield marshals came. Although it looks like the house has sustained more damage than it was when they came in so you don't you don't know if maybe they made it look more like a break-in or mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. the situation is um you see no signs of anybody living there okay so no lights on in the windows no, or anything no lights on in the windows you just like wind kind of blowing curtains out through broken windows you know like as some of the fabric gets caught on a shard of glass and it's kind of stuck up there in a tear um, and it looks abandoned and yet you feel almost this gravitational pull yeah I instinctually wants to go in there to the house you know what i mean but like it's like the heaviness of your anger mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. your force of will seems to just like pull at you at a way that you've never experienced before and like it's like you find your your hands drifting to your weapons yes. You know, like kind of unconsciously and like mm -hmm. and just you, you feel yourself channeling when you see this house and you, you're just like 
reminded viscerally again of what happened. All that seems to channel through your hands into your weapons almost unconsciously. Right. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'd imagine he would be marching to that house like it, without any concern of uh, watchful eyes or anything of that sort. Definitely drifting. So no, his there's hands no scouting that's been done. No, so he's like kind of almost over. Like all his carefulness now is gone is out being the window. Supplemented oh because, well, yeah. Emir would want to speak up or do something. Yeah, seeing of course, seeing yeah. that tension, you know, mm-hmm. and that anger mm-hmm. build build up. I assume is very visible. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And I just go, Oz, buddy, take take a deep breath. What, what's going on? Tell me. Tell me. You're gonna have to do more than that, man. This is okay. instinctual. So you're you're like going. Yeah. Yes. I I grab you. I grab you. All Wait. Right. You're all risking right. us all. All right. That's gonna be a check, there, guys. Okay. Um, okay. Because uh, I assume you're resisting it, Oz, right? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Yes. All right, so let's give you a plus two roll to your athletics check, Amir. All right. <laughs> Damn. I change my, what I do. I, I do a flip over him <laughs> and stand yeah. in front of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, tumble. Yeah. Uh, so athletics, here it comes. Oh, no. Nine. What'd you get? Yeah, so you reach to grab, you know, and, but the cloth just pulls from your fingertips as he bolts towards the house okay and so Oz you get, get up to the house like what you know what yeah, what yeah, yeah. so, so, so Oz is is looking around for any kind of like either footprints or like you know like through the mud that have been tracked into you know or like uh, he's looking all around for any sort of like it first off is the matriarch's body still there? Second off, is there any kind of signs that Nashast has been there since? Has there been? Has she left anything? Does she know that he that he positioned Anisi, his matriarch's body, in a in a fashion where she would know that it was him because it was a burial burial rites? You step through the door and go directly to the kitchen, which is where she was murdered. Right. right? Yep. Sitting. And I, Amir, you're behind. You're behind him, right? Yes. Chasing yes. I mean, him. I I would imagine that instead of just like sprinting after him, I'm just like you know looking back and forth, like trying to. No, still, you're being the scout. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to like follow him while like you know keeping a head on a swivel, but but more panicked, uh, you know. <clears throat> yeah. So you see when you uh, obviously Oz, you're going to be the first one to see this with Amir shortly behind. You see. A man sitting at the table with a musket laid across his lap and he sees you and like a wry sneer comes on his face and he says to you, Oh, she said you'd come back, yeah? It's time to finish up what we started, eh? Immediately and draws his weapons. Oh, no. Yeah, and we'll and we'll see. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Immediately draws his weapons. This is poorly at all. This is fine.